Welcome to Tech on Reg, the podcast that explores all things at the intersection of law, technology, and high regulated industry. We're talking fintech, regtech, sextech, and more with thought leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world to share insights, trade viewpoints, and get us all thinking about responsible innovation. And here is your host, Dara Tukowski. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tech on Reg. Today, we are talking about the FinTech Diversity Radar. And before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick thank you to the show's sponsor, BAI. If you haven't checked out the most recent free content from BAI, be sure to do that on BAI.org. So today's episode, we are talking diversity in FinTech. And some of my listeners may already be familiar with Findexable an organization on a mission to digitize the marketplace for buying and investing in the private fintech market. According to Findexable, in a digital first world, the location of fintech firms or lack of data sets to compare is just no longer a justifiable barrier to the success of fast growth and private market fintech firms. And through their global fintech index, Findexable's proprietary global database of fintech firms, which is supported by data and analytics, They've actually built a real-time scoring platform to help fintech firms improve their visibility and make it easier for investors and institutions to find them. Speaking of data, enter the fintech diversity radar. According to Findexable, fintech is going to play a central role in the post-COVID economy, expanding access to financial services to support those most affected in society and to create a more diverse and sustainable marketplace with financial products that cater to all demographics everywhere. So Findexable has set out to build the FinTech Diversity Radar, launched just a few months ago, the world's first global platform gathering progressive data on women in FinTech to understand their impact and contribution to the digital economy. Our guest today is Angela Yor, MD and founder at Sky Parlor and member of the FinTech Diversity Radar Advisory Panel. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So just a little bit about Angela before we uh, you know, get into the meat and potatoes. Angela is an entrepreneur, PR leader, and influencer in the fintech sector. Since co-founding Sky Parlor in 2009, she's raised the profile of hundreds of brands, from dynamic startups to market leaders in fintech, mobile, tech, and e-commerce. Angela sits on a variety of advisory boards, including the Emerging Payments Association, FinTech Connect, and the European Women Payments Network. She's the chair of the Inclusion Foundation uh, Executive Committee and a governor of Wilmslow High School. She believes passionately in citizenship, the power of communities coming together, and striving to make the world a better place. And I'm sure I could go on and on and on about all of Angela's accomplishments over the year, uh, over the years, but we're very excited to have you on the show, Angela. Again, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and how you became involved with Findexable. Well, I guess the reason why I became involved is, um, you know, we, when I started the business with my business partner 12 years ago, um, we started getting connected into the fintech space. And, you know, I think it was some of the personal experiences, to be honest, you know, firstly, we, you know, we both highly qualified female leaders um, running a, a marketing communications business. Um, marketing is, is pivotal to the success of any business. And in addition to that, we were also 
you know, running the company end to end. So all the operations, finances, et cetera, et cetera. But we were working with a lot of um, sort of, I guess, guys in the sector, you know, often, uh, you know, older than us, the same age, uh, who sort of saw us as, you know, we often got comments like marketing ladies, marketing girls, you know, like um, as if, you know, that marketing wasn't, you know, as important as any other function. And, um, you know, I, I think for, for quite a long time, we just sort of, you know, went along with it and almost sort of, you know, uh, weren't quite sure if we liked, you know, some of the ways that we were being treated, but thought, well, we'll go along with it because, you know, that they obviously can see our value, you know, we're working with some great companies. And then I think we thought to ourselves, hold on a minute, you know, here we are, you know, helping these businesses to increase their value to either get more funding, get bought, or, you know, grow and repositioning them in new areas. And, you know, they're not taking us and, and marketing seriously. And why is that? Probably because, you know, often marketing is, um, you know, a, a female-led uh, function as is HR how many marketeers and and HR how people do you see on boards you know it, it representing the boards on companies excellent point yeah we just realized that something had to be done about this from from our own experiences and at that point a few years ago there was certainly a wave of changing starting to sort of see you know uh, more in more being in publicity, you know, more on, uh, uh, you know, on the sort of business hubs and, and, and media titles and on, you know, business uh, TV talking about diversity. And we realized that we wanted to own our, our own sort of story that, you know, our own experiences. Um, so we, we started getting involved in, in different initiatives, uh, one of them being uh, the FinDexable Radar, because the reason why, you know, that the Findexable Radar is so important is, is at the minute, you know, we, we all know that women are woefully underrepresented in, uh, on boards, on tech boards, um, on boards, uh, you know, across all sectors. Um, and all those things are changing. They're not changing fast enough. But we also know that it's actually, you know, not measured really that well. And the only way to get meaningful change is, you know, to have a voice about it, but you've got to be credible to say actually what's happening. So the guys at Findexable, um, uh, the, the team there, were uh, came up with this wonderful idea um, to firstly uh, chart the cities for fintech, which, you know, the rankings of the top cities globally for fintech. And, and again, the reason why they did this was, you know, is one to, to shine a light on the sector, the cities that are doing the best, but also to shine a light on countries that are emerging in fintechs to bring great jobs across the globe. So it was another way of, you know, creating inclusion and to get this, this sector flourishing globally. But then, you know, we realized that, you know, we were there wasn't enough, you know, we were noticing there wasn't enough women sort of co-owners co or founders of fintechs. So we started measuring this and, uh, you know, it is woefully un underrepresented. I have got some um, uh, detail of some of the stats, but I can't divulge them because I want to wait until we launch properly, which is what we're doing in November. But we, you know, know that it's going to be an opportunity again to get the investor communities 
and also private firms thinking about their mix on their both executive board and their non-executive boards as well. Because, you know, we know that diverse um, uh, uh, communities, whether they be, you know, school communities or whether they be government communities or whatever the community is, you know, whether it be on a board, we know that, you know, representing the population at large, a board should reflect what's hap- what the, our communities and 50% of our communities are women. And then there's a mix of all diversities across society that's products and services Certainly. that we all use day in, day out, more akin to, you know, these groups. So that's, that's kind of where, that, that's kind of my journey of why, why I got involved um and um you know i'm getting more and more involved in the project and it's getting more exciting as we get closer to the launch so all of this data was gathered via survey correct yes so i've gone out to you know quite a lot thousands of companies uh globally so we're mapping the entire fintech sector globally for diversity so it's not how is the- it's not an easy feat, but actually, no, no, absolutely not. I was just about to ask you, how has the response been? Well, the response has been good. You know, people have been responding, but the results—that's another matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not going to ask yeah. you to divulge anything because, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what the results look like uh, come November. Um, but maybe you can sort of preview for the audience the sorts of data you are capturing via the survey, the types of questions. Um, well, we're sort of, I don't, if I'm honest, I don't know all of the questions, but we're oh, asking sure. things like, uh, you know, uh, you know, about board makeups, about senior management makeups. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if they are underrepresented, we're asking, you know, what the future plans are. Um, and I think it's that first stake in the ground that's going to allow us to understand how we then start to measure it like for like over a period of time. It's so funny. It's just it sort of goes back to the old adage, the only way, you know, like if you're if you're in therapy, if you're an addict, the only way to get better is to admit you have a problem. Yeah. Right. And this is the you know, the provision of that kind of information to uh, an index like Findexable and being part of the fintech diversity radar is sort of like that first step and, you know, honesty and acknowledgement that like, yes, we've got work to do and we're going to sort of open ourselves up and provide this data so that we can either be held accountable or hold ourselves accountable, regardless of which way it happens one way or another. I think it's an important first step. And I think that it's about also putting a mirror up to ourselves as well. So, you know, we're a uh, female-led business, um, but we need to look at our own makeup internally as well. You know, do we are we a cross section of of, of uh, public? Um, you know, do we have a good mix of males and females within the company? Um, and also, you know, what does that bring? Um, and we do, you know, do, we do look at that, and we are doing quite well in that respect as a business. But on the other hand, you know, you can always do better. So this isn't about pointing fingers at others. This is about us all collectively taking responsibility. Sure. Um, So at the end of the day, the survey results are going to come out in November. Um, Maybe there's another wave of data collection, but November is at least going to be the first report. What is um, 
what is the real hope of what the survey achieves? Are we looking at trying to start conversations? Is it going, is, is it about, you know, highlighting who's doing well? T tell me sort of what the goals for uh, the November release are. I think to start with, um, it's about uh, bringing publicity to the issue. Um, and, you know, as a result of, of doing that, There'll be a number of initiatives, again, which I can't really divulge, but there, there is some initiatives that we are going to be launching to the um, sector to enable the sector to perhaps be accredited for being uh, more inclusive or at least to show willing that, you know, they're, they're actually endorse uh, the radar um, but, you know, I can't really, I don't feel like in a position to be able to give too much away, but I'm quite pleased about that because I hope that that means your listeners will come back in November and uh, want to hear more about what we're doing. And hopefully they'll also want to participate. And, you know, if anyone does want to participate and, and, and get involved, you know, we are always looking for uh, to build this community. Um, we have some something ridiculous like, I think it was 6,000 downloads or something like that of the the City Radar a report. And we imagine this one, you know, there's even more interest in, in, in um, you know, in terms of, you know, the diversity makeup. And companies now starting to think about their ESG policies um, and not just their policies, but being able to walk the walk, um, not just talk the talk when it comes to these things. So... Um, so it's, it, it sounds like the November release of the survey results are really just step one of a much larger grand plan that, uh, that Pendexable has for, you know, tackling a lot of issues. 100%. Yeah, this is just the beginning of a, you know, as Simon Sinek says, this isn't a finite night journey. This is an infinite journey and a journey that let's not forget because even as things start to get better, I think, you know, we always need to remember the likes of Emil Pankhurst that, you know, uh, I don't know if your your listeners will know who she is, but you know, for those that that don't, um, you know, she was a suffragette in the 1900s uh, that actually, you know, uh, uh, you know, protested to get more uh, to get the vote for women because in the in the early 1900s, women couldn't even vote. They had to, it was only the husbands that could represent women to like actually vote. And, and even when they did get the vote, um, it was to start with, you had to be over 30 um, and married. And it's only, you know, sort of as we've gone into the sort of 30s, 40s and 50s and in the 40s, you know, uh, women in, in uh, across the world, but certainly, uh, you know, that were, were running sort of countries while the men were fighting in the war. And then when the men came back and they wanted their jobs back, we want to you know, work too. And, you know, we, we, uh, that, that was, that was a sort of an evolution of change. And then we went through sort of years of the feminist movement and then right through to now with the Me Too movement. And yet, you know, here we are in 2020, 2021, and we're still, uh, you know, there's still work to be done, but certainly, you know, the strides are being made. Some countries are further advanced than others. And, you know, it's our objective is, is to have this barometer and watch the barometer flourish and watch change happen in front of us. 
Yeah, certainly. And you know, there was there was much work to be done uh, pre-COVID, and then you know the pandemic has certainly had, I think, and the data has supported this, a statistically significant disparate impact to women globally. I mean, regardless regardless of of where of where you reside versus uh, men, uh, similarly situated men. So given the complexities of the pandemic, because as, as much progress has been made since you know the world shut down in early 2020, we're not out of it, right? It's, it's not over. There's, you know, the net, both industry and the world are still sort of in upheaval. Um, there's uncertainty surrounding, you know, child vaccinations and schooling options and, you know, how we keep everyone safe. And a large part of that, uh, you know, those that work falls disproportionately on women as still primary caretakers of, of house and home. Um, so, you know, any thoughts there? You know, I can only give anecdotal thoughts, but yet for sure, um, you know, I think a lot of, you know, women tend to find that not only are they running, you know, I can only go by my sort of circle of people that, you know, I'm friendly with of a certain age, um, you know, but, you know, they tend to manage the home, you know, hold down full-time jobs and also, you know, sort of the primary sort of care holders for, you know, d- domesticity and children as well. But I think, you know, that's my generation, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in my early 50s at the minute. I'm guessing, you know, looking at the younger generations, there's definitely, uh, you know, it's getting more and more equal. And it's really good to see that. Because I have friends whose husbands don't work, and their their wives work, and yet they still seem to be taking the, the management as a home as well as with with husbands that aren't working as well. Because, you know, and so, so, you know, we need, we need to put a mirror up to ourselves. And we need to ask challenging questions within our own home, and our own situations, because we've got to show an example to our children, you know, I have a son, and I want him to know that he, you know, has to um, do as much as, uh, you know, a, a daughter might. I don't have a daughter, but I would have treated them both the same if I had have done, you know. Well, I have I have a daughter and two sons, and, uh, you know, I, I might be trying to overcompensate for the rest of the world here, but my boys, man, my boys learned how to do laundry when they were five, right? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's incredibly important. I mean, I, I obviously... I own my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. Both mom and dad work, um, and I, I definitely feel a responsibility in you know how I'm raising my children, both my my daughter and my sons, um, to understand you know the balance and cooperation and parity that you need not just in the world but in your home and in your life and in your relationships and um, and hopefully that's the only way everybody feels good, right? Agreed, and you know. I- I just want to say, you know, it's great there's moms out there like you doing that. You know, I should have done the same with my son because he's now 16 and he's still <laughs> still quite a lot. I think he just about knows how to use the washing machine. So, you know, yes, basic. I, I call it basic life survival skills, boys. You're gonna you're gonna learn how to wash your own underwear. <laughs> well, I think that it does start at home, and as as parents, you know, if you think about the culture. And the way we behave as human beings, it all stems from, you know, what we're taught by our families. And then 
those those skills then come into school, they come into work, they come into communities and society. So, you know, we as mums and dads have a lot of responsibility to, um, you know, to sort of explain to our kids that we're all the same, whether we're, you know, black, white, female, male, uh, LBGTQ, or, you know, what that straight, it, you know, it's absolutely time that we're all able to, you know, have equal uh, ways of doing things. And that's certainly the business world, you know, the formal business world is, is uh, um, you know, a good barometer to society. And fintech, it's a young sector, a young growing sector that um, is flourishing at the minute. And with that, it can also be different. You know, it can, it can also buck the trend. And I think it is. I think there's a lot of young entrepreneurs, young men and women, um, you know, in their 20s, you know, starting businesses in their, in their attics and bedrooms and becoming multimillionaires. And, uh, you know, that, that's so wonderful to watch and see. So first of all, is the survey still open or have you guys closed that? No, it's still open. So if you could encourage your listeners. Uh, well, to- tell, tell everyone where they can find it. Yeah, so um, it's you if if they go to the diversity radar, they go to findexable.com, uh, the website. Uh, they can find and they go to the diversity area of the website. They can find the survey, or if they contact uh, me, that's Angela at skyparlor.com. Um, I can uh, signpost them to the right area. And we'll be sure we'll be sure to post a link to the survey uh, on the Tech Unreg website as well. Uh, in addition to you know our social posts and everything like that, um, so we want to encourage if you guys haven't filled out the survey yet, and if you are a fintech leader, if you work at a fintech firm, if your organization is not yet aware of uh, uh, the the radar, the index, um, I would you know encourage your organ you should get involved. Encourage your organization to get involved. It's all really important and it's better for all of us because I don't have this, this bears repeating, even though we've repeated the statistic a thousand times, um, more diverse boards and more diverse leadership, uh, make people more money. Those businesses do better. It's been proven time and time again. So if you guys, uh, you know, if you guys, and I say, I say guys, uh, pejoratively, um, but you know, for the sake of, even if you don't believe in the mission, I know everyone listening to me believes in the economics. So it's good for you. Aside from being the right thing to do, it's just good business. So make sure to fill out that survey. And Angela, in addition to filling out the survey, step number one, get your data included in the November release of the results. What else would you encourage um, fintech firms to be doing right now? Um, I would encourage them when they're um, you know, looking for new talent, I would encourage them to, you know, we all have our own biases, um, you know, and I would encourage them to sort of look at each CV that comes through the door uh, with an open mind and perhaps think, you know, okay, these are the kinds of people that I think work well in in my business um, or have tended to historically, but actually there's a whole group of people uh, over here that, you know, we need to look at them as well. And also we need to, support people to, um, you know, to come into uh, our company and also to bring what they have, 
which enables the company to look at the world with, with a different lens. As I always like to remind people, start being conscious of your unconscious bias, right? And it's really hard. And every single day, I, you know, we all, all we can all do is do our best because we can't help the way we're programmed sometimes. So also be kind to yourself around it. Um, and over time, you know, things change and we start to see green shoots coming up of, you know, great companies doing great things in different ways. You know, and they and you stand out if you you, know, you stand out for being, um, you know, the sort of company that others gravitate towards. You know, and I have some examples of clients, uh, you know, that I work with where, you know, if the culture's right and it's an inclusive culture, you know, it, it's at the minute in fintech, there's a shortage of good talent. But everybody wants to work for the company that has the best culture. Sure. The best culture is an inclusive culture. So if you can perpetuate that in your marketing and in your uh, careers areas of your websites and in what you do, and you know, you, you you'll start to see more and more people gravitate towards wanting to work for a company like that. And by the way, if you're working in an organization that's not doing it right and wants to figure out how to do right, you guys should hit up Angela for that separate reason, separate and apart from what we're talking about here today. Uh, but I think it's, you know, wonderful that the fact that we're on my show right now talking about this issue, talking about an organization that's dedicated such a large amount of time, thought, care, and resources to this issue is testament in and of itself of the progress that I think that the industry is making. The fact that we can even have the conversation, that we'll continue to have the conversation and hopefully turn it all into really actionable results, I think is terrific. I'm super excited to be a part of it. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I believe I, I'm technically a FinTech diversity radar ambassador. So I, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of the survey and all of the initiatives done to create parity uh, in fintech and technology and financial services generally. Um, so Angela, thank you so much for, for being on the show. I definitely want to have an update episode once the results come out in November. I feel like we were teased with a lot of like secrets and stuff like wait till the fall. We'll, we'll chat over a pumpkin spice latte next time. And you know, when the weather changes and we're talking about all of the interesting data that we have and what the next steps are for Findexable, for the radar, um, and how to how to make more change. Well, Dara, thank you very much, you know, for showing such an interest and for supporting um, the, you know, this as well. And, you know, it's lovely to see there's two of us here, both entrepreneurs, both women, and both being successful. Um, and, you know, we want to hear from more people, you know, that are doing that too. So, you know, I, it's really good of you to use the airtime to, you know, to, to help us, uh, you know, for, for some publicity. Oh, I, it, it's actually my pleasure. Um, it's part of the reason I started the show, to be completely honest. I felt as though there are so many, there's so many great content producers out there. Uh, a lot of my peers, a lot of influencers in fintech, you being one of them. Um, but I think if you looked at the, podcasts, for example, and the other shows that were available that really talked about these issues day in and day out, you saw a lot of male hosts. You saw a lot of men talking to men on the show. And part of my, you know, uh, motivation for starting the show and staying with it with the absolute support of all of the wonderful people at Provoke.fm 
was to not was to actually create some gender diversity in fintech podcasts. <laughs> we just didn't we just didn't have any. There weren't a lot of women out there creating content, and I wanted to be one of them. So I'm trying to do my part. You're doing your part. You really are, and you know, you're. I'm sure there'll be others that now feel like you know, if if Dara can do it, we're going to give it a crack as well. So. You know, you know, they they absolutely have. I'm excited. I think WNET is coming is 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 coming out, and there's lots of groups now coming out with a lot of female driven content. Rock on, ladies! I'm I'm super excited to to see what you guys come up with. All right, thank you guys so much for listening, Angela. Thank you. Um, we will be back and um, looking forward to reading the results in November. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me.